Good morning, everybody at Church Central West. It is a real privilege to be able to join with you at this moment in uh, the year, the start of a brand new year, 2021. Uh, and with everything that's going on in our world and also everything that's going on slightly closer to home, it is uh, a privilege to be able to speak to you, uh, speak into your, your head and your heart, uh, and hopefully that you would hear God's voice through what we're going to do over the next 20 minutes or so, uh, that he would speak loud and clear to you. Uh, before we get to all of that, uh, I just want to tell you a highlight of my last year. Uh, through my job working in the Church Central office, uh, I've had the chance to feel more connected than I probably would have done otherwise to everything that's going on at Church Central West. Because I've been piecing together some of your online stuff, I have been so lucky to be encouraged by you guys. Your lessons of lockdown, I've been so blessed by that. Fiona, particularly yours, just uh, really spoke to me. Thank you. Um, I've loved hearing your different testimonies about how your prayer meetings are encouraging you as a church. Uh, it seems that God is doing something uh, on the whole theme of prayer in you guys. And uh, on that and on so many other things, I just want to say that I've been personally so inspired by you over the last year. Thank you for all that you are. Thank you for all that you do as a church. Uh, each and every one of you, I want to say that uh, I'm encouraged by your grit, by your perseverance, uh, by the depth and substance of your faith. I consider myself to be sort of, though I probably need to give this up soon, sort of young still. And uh, even I feel many times young in my faith, uh, even though I have this title of elder, which um, is, is something to think about. But I feel young at times and, and, and feel like I look to Church Central West and I see the depth of wisdom uh, of uh, practising what we preach uh, of faithfully following Jesus for the long haul. And I want to say that you inspire me so much. It is an honour to be connected to you, even through a smartphone and uh, a little talk on an online meeting. Uh, keep going, Church Central West. I think that would be uh, God's heart for you on, on this day, uh, at this point, with everything that's going on in the world and everything that's going on slightly closer to home for you guys as well. God would say, keep going. And that would be my encouragement as well. As for this morning, uh, I want to, I guess, keep it pretty simple. I don't have um, grand predictions for 2021. I think it would be foolish to go into any of that, wouldn't it? Um, what I'm simply hoping to do is to look at a couple of paragraphs of the Bible with you uh, and see some uh, tried and tested, hard-earned wisdom uh, from uh, ancient people who followed the eternal God and uh, how it made a difference in their lives and how it can do the same for us today. I want to look at Psalm 23 with you. And it's famous uh, across time and across the whole world for being uh, a little piece of literature, a little piece of writing that people have turned to, people of many faith backgrounds actually, for guidance and comfort in times of trouble. It starts with this amazing sentence, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't know about you, but I feel like I could do with a shepherd. I could do with being led and guided and fed and protected and all the other things that that imagery brings to mind. Uh, we know that there are challenges to come. We know that the year ahead is not going to be simple. And uh, I need to hear from the shepherd and that's what Psalm 23 is for us this morning. I think that Psalm 23 is like a gift that God wants to give to you again this morning. 
Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to read it and then I want to simply draw out for us three invitations or three actions that God would want to call us to as his people in the coming year. All of our lives are going to look very different from one another, but these are going to be three invitations that are relevant for all of us if we want to follow Jesus into the slight fog that there is uh, at the start of 2021. So here it is, Psalm 23. Uh, just drink this in, a beautiful piece of scripture. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Three actions that God is calling us to in the next year. Firstly, God insists that we rest. Verse two says this, he makes me, it's quite forceful language, he makes me lie down. Anybody else feeling somewhat tired at the end of 2020 and heading into the new year? I just want to say that I think there's permission to acknowledge that this has been a pretty tiring time for all of us. For each of us in different ways, I guess some of us are tired in the traditional sense. Perhaps we're key workers or we've been trying to keep a business afloat or whatever it is. And, and we've had to do more and quicker and more relentlessly. And the treadmill has never stopped and it still feels like it hasn't stopped. And uh, that's just drained us completely. Others of us, we've had our activity and our busyness taken off us. And that's been tiring in a different way. You know, having nothing to do and uh, no one to see, or at least it feeling like that, can be really exhausting. We become tired of our own company, tired of thinking of things to do, tired of another day and another one. I guess for all of us, whatever our situation, we've all been through uh, a year of uh, massive change and regular change. And if there's anything that is true about living through change, it's that it's tiring and changing what you're doing and, and, and adjusting and, and listening and, and processing and, and responding and, and talking about it. And then it changes again. That is just really tiring, even if the individual changes are manageable for you. Now, maybe we don't uh, feel tangibly exhausted or we don't notice it from day to day. But when the pressure goes up on our life or uh, the temperature goes up slightly, perhaps there's a new responsibility comes into the inbox or uh, our kid uh, asks us the, the same question for the 48th time that minute. Uh, or perhaps just hypothetically, the government uh, brings a, a new announcement quite suddenly and it changes everything that you'd taken quite a long time to get into your mind so that you could have some semblance of peace about and suddenly it goes just hypothetically. 
Uh, and in that moment, we we see just how frantic and fraught and fatigued we really are because we react and, and it's this inflamed reaction, perhaps more so than normal, even to those we love and are closest to. We we snap, we, 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 we blurt out, we're more angry than we really should or could be. And we wonder where on earth has that come from? And I don't want to give a, a simplistic answer to that, but I wonder if a lot of it comes from our tanks just being really empty and, and we're, we're hovering there almost out of fuel and uh, that's okay but then suddenly there's there's something that we need to respond to and we realize we've got nothing left in the tank we're just functioning at this level of frazzled and fatigued and so if that's you what does God have to say or what can he do to to help you as you head into the uncertainties of 2021 well just like I do when my daughters are frazzled and responding emotionally to things which can happen. Uh, God makes us lie down. I wonder if you were hoping that it would be something more spiritual than that, something more profound than that. And sure, there are spiritual things that God wants to do in our lives. And we're going to talk about those in a minute. And that's really important. But before we look at that, the psalmist here just as God does when he comes to the burned out Elijah, if you remember, doesn't start with a, a spiritual thing, doesn't start with a Bible reading plan or a Christian conference, but with the insistence upon rest, physical rest, go to sleep, lie down, get a nap, catch up on your rest. Because all the other stuff, the spiritual stuff, the, 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 the Christian stuff, right, all, all, all the other stuff at work, all the other great, important responsibilities that you have. If you are doing any of those, even the Christian stuff from a place of prolonged, utter exhaustion, it's going to be really hard for that to bear fruit in your life. And actually, I found in my life when I'm trying to do all the Christian stuff really well from a place of exhaustion, actually, I just become a a horrible person. I become a kind of behaved but mean Pharisee who's snappy and judgmental and quick to think the worst of people whilst ticking all the boxes because I'm trying really hard but actually I'm tired and God would say to me and perhaps he'd say to you rest, lie down. You know even in the challenges of this time and I know that that's very real for some of you perhaps I would even say this especially in the challenges of this time, lie down, rest. I want to ask you to just consider what this looks like for you. How can you grow in rest? You will need to work out the detail in your life, but I'll tell you a couple of things that have really helped me uh, in the last year. Uh, taking annual leave with zero guilt, and if I feel guilt about it, uh, I, I remind myself that I mustn't because uh, annual leave is a gift from God to us and uh, it's a wonderful thing to take it. Uh, I genuinely feel for those who've had it taken off them this year but where you can get your time off. Uh, it looks like saying no firmly, kindly but again without guilt to quite a lot of things so that I can say yes to the few things that God has actually called me to do. And so I do them with a soft heart and a smile on my face instead of mm, like that. Uh, for me, it's my devices are switched off for key moments and large chunks of my day to cut what I'm going to call my chronic CNA, which is my COVID news addiction. 
Uh, and many of us have that right now and we need to go cold turkey for a while to get ourselves some peace of mind. Uh, it looks to me like giving myself the best chance of waking up feeling refreshed by the time I go to bed and what I do before I go to bed. Uh, two of the members of my household conspire regularly against me getting sleep and waking up feeling refreshed. Um, but to the extent that it is in our control, we need to do everything we can to rest well at night. And lastly, the thing that has really helped me is a weekly Sabbath, which sounds very religious and uh, like it's defined by what it isn't. It's not doing any work. But for me and my family, we've tried to flood normally a Saturday with as many things that bring us joy and put us back together and make our tanks slowly fill up again as possible. Uh, yes, I, I try not to do any work. So it's the absence of work, but more it's the presence of fajitas. It's the presence of a walk to the Bourneville Cafe on the green there uh, near the Macmillan's house uh, where I get a flat white and some shortbread and I just enjoy that very much. Uh, it's normally the presence of a nap. It's often the presence of some soft music in my headphones for about 20 minutes where I can just be by myself. Uh, it's a walk. It, it's whatever works for you to put yourself back together, to be restored. Uh, a very wise man, Owen O'Brien, once told me that recreation is recreation uh, and so rest is not just sitting there doing nothing but rest is doing whatever it is that recreates you and uh, that's very wise advice and so I want to encourage you whatever this uh, looks like for you will you take seriously the need uh, and the invitation for you to rest and then from that place comes the second action that God invites us to to eat and drink with him now, many of you will know this already because you're wise over at the West, but uh, food and drink in the Bible is, is very often a metaphor or a word picture for the spiritual reality of being close to God. So Jesus calls himself, for example, the bread of life. And he says, anyone who eats of me will never hunger. And it doesn't mean eat him. It means come close and treat me as your fuel, as the thing that you need dearly every day to live and thrive. It's an analogy, a metaphor. Uh, the scriptures, the Bible are described as our daily bread, our food. And the Holy Spirit himself is described as living water who quenches our thirst. So in Psalm 23, now that a physical rest has been insisted upon. The context is now set for God to invite us to come to him. Now that we're slightly more tanks full and a bit more in our right minds to come to him and relate to him, to uh, have him as our food and our drink. So verse two speaks of him leading us to still waters. Uh, they're still so that we can uh, kneel down and drink from them, have our thirst quench. It speaks of God right in the middle of the battle next to our enemies, laying on a feast for us, preparing a table for us. And verse five says, in contrast to the kind of frazzled, empty tank picture that we've talked about, that my cup overflows. The idea that right there in the midst of challenge, there is a power in sitting and relating to God that will fill us up even to overflowing so that what spills out of us is not that we're shouting at the telly and our family, but what's overflowing from us is the fruit of the spirit, is a, a loving relationship with God that, that bleeds out into our relationship with others. And so anyone feeling dry or feeling 
uh, like your tank is empty or feeling like you've almost run out of steam, uh, anyone feel uh, emptied out, Psalm 23 says, get some sleep and then consider how you can grow in drawing near to God and relating to him. Uh, again, just to make it practical for me, uh, there are a few things I do with others and a few things that I do by myself that really help me. And I, I wonder if these just might spark ideas. It's, it needs to look different for each one of us. But uh, for me, in terms of with others, I cling to and receive as a gift the rhythms of my church. And by that, I mean a Sunday morning online meeting. I hear that West also has that and that my face is currently uh, a part of it. Um, uh, we have an evening prayer meeting, which I find so helpful because I am the world's most keen prayer on paper. I am fully committed to prayer in theory, but I also get so distracted. Oh, a fly. And I just find it really challenging. And so to be on a call where uh, others are doing it and I get to hear other people spark different things. Maybe there's a new theme. Maybe there's someone does this. And I, I just feel so pulled along in prayer once a week by getting on our um, Zoom prayer meeting. And I hear and I know because like I made the slide for it that you guys have one as well. So maybe that's something to prioritise. Uh, I also really love my midweek group. We aren't as edgy over at the South, so we don't call them clusters. But my very boringly named community group has been to me a real lifeline. Sometimes we do something really profound and look at the Bible. Sometimes we just sit on a Zoom call and a few of us just say how it's been and uh, we just share life. And do you know what? Each individual one, I guess like a meal, doesn't feel that profound or like I'm going to remember it. But the cumulative effect of a year of meals is that I have been kept alive spiritually by my community group. I want to encourage you to go again in your cluster. If you're not involved in one, then reach out to someone who you know in the church and they can get you involved. Um, just a way of helping us relate to God, you know. And then individually, for me, uh, it, it's become right now quite a short time. Uh, most days, would love it to be every day. It's, it's rarely every day where I sit with my Bible and I open it. I've been going through 1 Thessalonians the, the last few weeks and I, I read however much of it I want to. Sometimes that has been a sentence. Sometimes it might even be a paragraph, perhaps even two on a real super spiritual day. Um, and I sit there and I, I pray it back to God. So it, it will say something about God and I'll say, God, thank you that you're like this. And then it will say something about what we're meant to do in our lives. And I say, God, I want you to make me like that. Thank you for this person I know who is like that. Uh, and, I, and I just talk it back to God. You know, most days, I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag here. It's probably looking like something like eight to ten minutes that I do that for right now. I want to grow in that. So we're not talking carving out seven hours of earnest prayer every day. But I know that I need the food of uh, God's word and I need him. And uh, as I've been doing that this year, it's been a real lifeline. As we start the new year, why don't you reflect? How can you take Jesus' invitation to eat and drink with him seriously this year? We're on to our third and final invitation. That having rested and now in relationship with God that's strengthening in us, God calls us to walk with him into difficulty. I would love to be able to promise you that 2021 is going to be 
green pastures and meals with Jesus and still waters and that's it. But it isn't going to be like that. And you don't need me to tell you that. Actually, even Psalm 23 is really honest about that. The context for the resting and the relating to God is really so that you can be equipped to go the places where God's people always have to go, which is to two very difficult paths. The first one is the path of righteousness. That is walking in the way of Jesus, putting sin to death, being radical in putting to death the old self with the old stuff and the stuff that you know is not of God and stepping into the fruit of the spirit and and the light and being someone who lets love flow through them to those around them. And that's really hard to do, but God calls us there in the coming year. And then famously in verse four, God's shepherded people walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, what does that mean? It's language we'd be familiar with. I think it it generally means kind of life in a fallen world. Death entered the world and it cast its shadow across our experience in a whole number of ways. So I think it's a general experience, but also I think it speaks to the, the two, three or four times or seasons in our life where we know we are experiencing real hardship, the likes of which we, we, we really don't experience very often. It's the valley of the shadow of death. It's the dark place. It's the hard place to be. Perhaps it's grappling with our mortality. Perhaps it's coming into contact with severe sickness. Perhaps it's uh, a diagnosis or whatever it might be. And I know that these things are not just theory and not just words in a psalm right now for you guys. This bit of the Bible can feel like a, a live commentary on even this month or this week for some of you. I want to end by asking, what does following the shepherd look like in that place? What does God have to to bring to us? What does it feel like? What does it look like to follow God in the intensive care unit, in the hospital, in the dark place you knew existed and you knew that some people have to go to, but you never thought it would be you? Well, here's how the psalmist describes being a follower of God in those times. He says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Do you see that? What is the heart of God as all of us head into a difficult year, but as some of us live with present real challenge? The heart of God is not to tut at you down there in the valley uh, for a lack of faith saying, how did you end up there? Uh, It's not to laugh at you because he's punishing you. It's not even to withdraw politely from you because he's not sure what to say, which a lot of us can do. It's going to be awkward. So we just sort of steer clear of you. No, his heart is to rush to you. His heart is to be with you in the valley of the shadow of death. This shepherd is like no other. He does not run away. He runs towards the sheep, even as they are in the hardest road. God goes with you. He goes with us. And the result of this, according to Psalm 23, is that slightly bewilderingly, probably without trying to make it happen, and certainly not feeling that it must happen instantly, and yet very genuinely, fear goes. And I I don't mishear the tone of voice of it. It's not 
a firm instruction to you weaklings there to not be afraid. Come on, get on with it. Rather, it is just the open-handed testimony of the psalmist. Uh, we hear it in the New Testament as well. And, and we know in our church and millions and millions of Christians around the world who, who testify to the fact that even in the very real presence of darkness, simply having the presence of God means that you can stand and that fear bit by bit really does go that somehow we can't put a name on it but we just feel held we feel like we are safe in his hands or as the psalmist might say that goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our life and that we'll live forever in the house of the Lord he is with us in the dark and hard paths that we have to walk in the coming year and therefore fear can really be dealt with now, look, no one wants to uh, have another year like the one we've had. And, and you don't have to pretend that you do want that. Of course we don't. But I want you, whoever you are, just to hear this encouraging news that the shepherd really does come with us into the darkness. And he really does enable and empower and equip his sheep to stand and last and be strong and, and get through and stay faithful and cope and survive and thrive even in things that when we're imagining them happening to us, we never think we'd have the resources to stand, but the shepherd has all the resources and he rushes to us. And so whatever 2021 looks like, whatever we're stepping into, we can know that if we have him, then we are safe. If we have him, we need not be afraid. Not absence of trouble, that's not our hope but the presence of God is our hope. And I'd love to pray that into your community, if that's okay. And then I'll hand back to uh, Sanju. Lord God, I thank you so much for this dear, dear church. I thank you so much for all that you have done in them and all that you have for them. I pray for uh, those who are frazzled and frantic that rest would be the word of 2021. I want to pray for uh, a relationship with you for all of my brothers and sisters of whatever age at West. I pray that you would draw them close and give them the food of your word. Jesus, give them the bread of life so that they don't hunger. Holy Spirit, give them the thirst quenching water. And God, I pray for those in the dark places, in the valley of the shadow of death. I pray, Lord God, come good on your word and go to them right now. And come close to them and give them quiet, gentle, even whispered confidence and courage that you will see them through, that they will stand because you stand with them. Uh, Lord God, I commend and commit this church to you in Jesus name. Amen.